Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From Stonewall to marriage equality, 50 years of pride. I'm your host, Kyle McMorrow, and my guest is Aaron Frick. In 1980, he filed a lawsuit against his high school for forbidding him to attend prom with another male. He later won the case, which has been viewed as a landmark win for both gay and First Amendment rights. And Mr. Frick, thank you so much for being here. You're from Rhode Island, right? Yes, Cumberland, Rhode Island. So what was that like for you as a child growing up? Oh, wow. A bucolic kind of existence, but then when I was very young, but then when I was maybe around, I guess, 10 or 11, it really started turning ugly um, when I realized what it was to be gay um, because I realized that it meant me and back then it was uh, a really bad thing I mean by almost like a hundred percent of the population thought of it as a bad thing except for the ten percent that were gay <laughs> what was the LGBT community like back then well it was evolving um, it was by the time I was, you know, sixteen. It was pretty much entrenched the way it is now. I think pretty much. I mean, not with the corporate side, the corporate angle, but um, there were gay youth groups when, by the time I was sixteen. But that they were in Providence, Rhode Island, and I was in Cumberland, Rhode Island, and um, the big cities had, or at least the big city for me back then was Providence. And as soon as I had a car, I was able to get to them. But prior to that. Um, I was pretty much, you know, on an island. So did you have anyone to talk about it with, or did you have any friends that you can open up with? It wasn't until I met Paul, really, that I had, uh, and that was age, mm, let's see, I think I met him when I was about 14 or 15, and he pretty much came out as gay right away uh, to me. And I had never imagined that, you know, there would that it could be that somebody could just say I'm gay. Um, I knew that my mom had a hairdresser that was probably gay, and uh, that we go to Provincetown, Rhode Island, and there was a lot of gay people there. Um, but like I said, I felt like I was on an island, so I didn't really have anybody to talk to um, back then. And anytime I did <clears throat> mention anything um, when I was really young, it w was met with horror. <laughs> I guess. Lonely, sad, how, what was your emotional state like growing up? I wrote, the book was Reflections of a Rock Lobster, and rock lobster meaning uh, uh, a crustacean at the bottom of the ocean, uh, feeling alone, and that's the way I felt. I really did with a hard shell for defense, but no claws for offense. That was the metaphor I used 
Um, and it really did feel like that. I mean, it felt, you know, very, very alone um, and cold. Yeah. When was the moment you decided you wanted to go to prom? What was the thought process like? Oh, that was absolutely... See, the year before, Paul had tried to do it, tried to go to his, to the junior prom, and I thought it was nuts. I thought it was, you know, ridiculous at the time um, because, you know, I didn't want to go to any social gathering at school um, at Cumberland High School. There was no way. You couldn't drag me to one. But then when he was not 17, he couldn't sue the school, so um, he ended up getting ostracized from town and, you know... He was thrown out of his house. Uh, his parents wouldn't give him permission to, to sue, so it was all just a very ugly experience. And then I saw I saw a connection. What happened was the teachers uh, were making jokes about Paul in class, or at least one specific teacher was making a lot of jokes. And then the principal at an assembly uh, in senior year was uh, saying, "We won't have the problem that we had last year," um, specifically referring to Paul. Um, and I, I was like. That's when I saw the connection that these kids aren't just automatically hating LGBT people. They were just they were being taught to hate, and that's when I you know I was 18 and I could sue. So I said that does it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go to prom, uh, even though I probably would rather not. <laughs> except for this is about making a, a statement, and. Uh, Still, so, yeah, that, at that point, I wanted to go to prom. This was your moment, I guess, right? You you felt like this was something that you can take on and, and you wanted to make a stand? It's funny that you put it that way because, yeah, I really I knew I was we would win. I mean, I really believed that maybe it was just a product of the time, but uh, I was just thinking about that, that I knew we were going to win, and I felt I believed we were going to win, I should say. Um, and I wonder now if at this time in the world, if I would have had the guts to, to do it because I don't know that we'd win now. Um, seems like a, a more conservative time now than, than or at least it does it feels that way. Maybe I'm just jaded and old. <laughs> Could be that. <laughs> now, um, when, when you decided to go to prom, who was it that told you you couldn't bring um, a, ma a male with you? Who, who turned you down? Was it the principal? Was it the school board? The community? Yeah, there was a whole... Um, you know, process that you had to you had to buy tickets to the prom because uh, they didn't want people going stag is what they said um, and cutting in on other people's dates. Uh, so I first went. I knew that, that wasn't. I was going to get turned down, but there. So I just went directly to the principal, and uh, he said no. And I just you know wheeled around and said, okay, well, see you in court. I didn't say that, but it was that was the general idea that. Uh, he knew what was coming, I think. And uh, next thing that happened was we got a letter. I, I received a letter from the, I guess, the uh, superintendent uh, saying that they were uh, barring us from going because of, they were concerned about the other, about the, well, they said all students' uh, well-being and that we were going to cause a riot. Uh, and so um, they said no. When you first got that initial no, was that shocking? Did you expect the no? I mean, what what was that initial reaction when the principal turned you down? I I think I would have been shocked if he had said yes. Um, so no, I was I wasn't shocked. I was nervous about you know going in to ask him, um, 
which is probably why I you know wheeled around and walked right back out when he said no. Uh, but I pretty much expected that. Now this was uh, obviously a huge case, especially at the time. Uh, now it's a, a it's a landmark case, but at the time as it was going on. Did you realize the importance of what was happening or were you too young to really grasp everything and now maybe you look back and see it or did were you did you realize it in the moment? Yeah, I'm not sure I grasp it even now because I mean it was huge, you're right. I mean it was um viral. Is what nowadays you'd say it went viral because it was, you know, everywhere it was on in all the newspapers, it was uh, you know, on all the um Nightly, nightly news, you know, which was uh, big then, and it was um, oh, what else? It was I was getting calls from newspapers and everything. So by that token, I mean I absolutely realized that it was, you know, that it had been, it had gone viral. I just really believed that we were being denied a right, and that the way that the, everyone was so sure that we, the gay people, had no right to do this, uh, and I was sure that we did. I knew that it was a big big issue. I mean, yeah, I, I knew. For those not familiar, I mean, GLAD founder John Ward and his co-counsel argued that in not allowing you to bring uh, your partner uh, a male date to the prom, that the high school violated your First Amendment rights of association and free speech and your 14th Amendment right to equal protection of the laws. Now, um, it sounds maybe a lot of, like a, uh, a lot of legal talk, but when you bo- when it boils down to it, yeah, they were violating your your freedoms there. And when the court case was over and you won, what was the first thing that you did? Do you remember? Uh, well, I'm glad you brought up John Ward because yeah, he was so instrumental in this, and he had uh, started uh, Glad or which is G L A D in Boston, Gay and Lesbian Advocates and Defenders. Um, and which still exists, and they've done a lot of important cases over the years. Um, so I guess he called me probably and let me know that we won. And um, did you ask me what was the first thing I did or the first thing I said? Or I forget. Yeah, either. Was. I mean, just sort of your initial response to everything after you found out that you had won. Yeah, then it was all very real. I mean, at that point, then it was about, uh, I remember clamoring to, to buy our tuxes, I mean, rent our tuxes, because we still weren't sure what was going to happen. Uh, and they, you know, cost quite a bit, um, I mean, to even to rent. So, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it was all about getting ready for prom at that point. Now you go to prom, I mean, that has to be a big moment. Uh, you get your tuxes. Um, what was What was that like? Uh, well, P- Paul was still in New York, so... I mean, I just had to, you know, get all his measurements and stuff, and and um, I remember they didn't have two of the same color uh, or even close. It was like I had a powder blue and he had like navy blue, which everybody thinks he was wearing black when they see the pictures, but it was navy blue. Um, and yeah, it was about specifically not doing interviews. Um, there was a lot of people asking, and you know. I just thought it was be wrong at that point because we had been saying that this is about, you know, uh, we didn't want to make it, or I didn't want to make it about stealing prom and making it all about me. I mean, it was already enough about, you know, the issues and and me uh, and Paul. So, I mean, I knew a lot of students had a legitimate gripe to say this, you know, they're stealing our prom. And so I 
made a point of not doing any interviews and just, you know, getting ready for prom and trying to be as quote unquote normal as possible. <laughs> as possible. No. <laughs> Which isn't so normal. The uh the, the principal's concern <laughs> was that you were gonna cause a riot, right? So that you're gonna cause some unrest. What was prom like? I mean, did did people react differently to you? How was the night? Yes, that's a good point that you got Judge Patine was the, the uh, judge at the time, who was another important figure here. Um, if it had been a different judge, who knows how it would have gone. But he was judge in the Federal District Court of Rhode Island. Mr. Lynch, who was the principal, was saying that we were going to cause a riot. And the idea is that the First Amendment doesn't... You can't have violent speech or uh, you know, speech that foments violence. Um, that is not tolerated by the First Amendment. Um, so he was saying that this was by dancing together, we were going to, you know, cause a riot amongst the kids, and uh, that's not protected by the First Amendment. So Judge Patine said that um, first, the First Amendment does not tolerate mob rule by unruly school children, which is the way he phrased it, which is like so perfect. Um, and that also he was saying that this is the exact kind of speech that people that the First Amendment was written for, not for speech that people uh, accept. It's the it's the speech that people that you know will cause some issues, some problems. And so, Judge Patine was a really important figure here. I just wanted to mention him. Did did everything go smoothly? How was the actual prom? Oh yeah, I mean it was it was uneventful really. There were some funny things that like. Uh, a, the reporters were barred from coming inside, so they were all lined up outside and buying, uh, telling the students to take pictures of us and and buying their rolls of film. Uh, and I wondered about. I didn't know that's what was going on. I, mean, I knew. I thought we were just popular. Everybody <laughs> was taking our picture, um, but that's what was actually happening. Was the students were going out and selling their their uh, rolls of film, and some one student was actually offered to bringing a video camera apparently like back then they weighed like 700 pounds or something <laughs> and and he said no um, back then you know I was what 17 18 years old and we'd go to Rocky Horror all the time and use the ladies room all the time and at one point I went to go walk into the ladies room at prom and I remember just stopping and thinking wait a minute that's what this whole thing is gonna be about if I walk in that room in that restroom it's gonna be all about that so I stopped dead in my tracks and went, you know, braced myself for going to the men's room, the big boys' room, I should say. Paul was actually harassed a little bit in there in the men's room. I wasn't, but he he evidently apparently was. Was it just verbal or did it get physical? Yeah, I think yeah, they just called him faggot. I think, or you know, just like probably, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said there was some kind of harassment going on. It wasn't. Uh, physical, I don't think. Gotcha. And th but that didn't happen out in the actual prom, out in the actual event. No, no, they went as always. The bullying took place in private. You know, people over the years that still, I mean, that contacted me, um, and I was in college at the time, so I'm getting hundreds of letters, and I wasn't able to answer them all. But uh, now I go back. I've saved them all, and I've gone back and found a lot of them on Facebook, and I uh, look them up, and I, I remind them who I am and, and then uh, tell them that they wrote me a letter and show them the letter that they wrote if they want to see it. And a lot of times it just blows their minds, you know, because they're in their 50s now and reading something that they wrote sometimes in their teens. And it's really pretty 
Absolutely. pretty cool. I love doing that. Yeah, that's incredible that, that, you know, social media has been able to connect us. A lot of times you hear social media in the bad sense where people leave all these negative comments, but it also does a lot of good, as you just mentioned, um, to help connect. Yeah, I mean, people. as a directory, it's incredible. You know, there's billions of people on there. You can look up anywhere, anybody, anywhere. I found people from New Zealand who had written to me. How does that affect you? There's all these people that that look up to you, your your case. I mean, we had uh, one of the people that we're, we're also interviewing, Evan Wolfson, who is uh, one of the uh, the founders and the president of Freedom to Marry, which which created the strategy for the 2015 Supreme Court case. Um, he mentioned that he had read up on your story. I said, yeah, I'm going to be talking to Aaron Frick um, next week. And, and he knew who you were. He was familiar with your story. So you've reached a lot of people, um, whether you know it or not. So how does that feel for you to have such a positive impact on people i'm speechless it's you know i it's something i can't even really grasp at just how big it is you know um that long after i'm gone you know there'll be a i guess a kind of legacy that i you know that people that have been helped by by you know my actions it's pretty a good feeling Do very you- good feeling is is that court case and and being brave enough to go forward with that and and taking on the school board one of your proudest moments? I mean, where do you put that in terms of everything you've been oh able my God. to accomplish in life? It'd be number one, absolutely. You know, it's funny because back then I thought to myself, how am I going to feel if this is the biggest thing I've ever done in my life? You know, when I was young, and now I have it's a you know it's a First Amendment victory, and I have no problem saying that it's the number one thing I've ever done in my life. Here we are today. You are in San Francisco now. Uh, what is Aaron Frick up to? What what can people know about Aaron? Well, these days I volunteer at the SF LGBT Center in San Francisco. Um, any Saturday morning, you can come in and see me. <laughs> uh, usually from 9 to 12, sometimes 12 to 3. Um, let's see. Uh, me and my partner, actually, Ron, we both volunteer. Um, let's see, what else? I also volunteer for the um, LGBT Speakers Bureau here in San Francisco, which is reaches out to high schools. So, I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's the, let's see, I've been in a high school within the last, you know, two weeks or so. Um, so it's it's really interesting to see, you know, some of their questions and that they ask. They're not too different than the ones we asked back then. A lot of times it's, uh, how do you know you're gay? I really want to thank you for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Relive the history, hear the stories, and be inspired. From Stonewall to marriage equality, 50 years of pride at 1010wins.com slash pride. I'm Colin McMorrow.